As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. In these online services, sermons, readings and prayers, newly recorded by our clergy, congregation and choir members, are woven together with hymns and choir anthems drawn from our extensive archive of recordings from past services. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins.
It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the fourth Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises, declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament reading is taken from the second book of Samuel, chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. And it came to pass after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said unto him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go up? And he said, Unto Hebron. So David went up thither, and his two wives also, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, Nabal's wife, the Carmelite. And his men that were with him did David bring up, every man with his household, and they dwelt in the cities of Hebron. And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, that the men of Jabesh-Gilead were they that buried Saul. And David sent messengers unto the men of Jabesh-Gilead, and said unto them, Blessed be ye of the Lord, that ye have showed this kindness unto your Lord, even unto Saul, and have buried him. And now the Lord show kindness and truth unto you, and I also will requite you this kindness, because ye have done this thing. Therefore now let your hands be strengthened, and be ye valiant, for your master Saul is dead, and also the house of Judah have anointed me king over them. But Abner, the son of Ner, captain of Saul's host, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahanaim and made him king over Gilead, and over the Asherites, and over Jezreel, and over Ephraim, and over Benjamin, and over all Israel. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was forty years old when he began to reign over Israel, and reigned two years. But the house of Judah followed David. And the time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Now there was long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, but David waxed stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament reading is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, beginning at the 31st verse. Then Jesus took unto him the twelve, and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, and spitefully entreated, and spitted on, and they shall scourge him, and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. And they understood none of these things, and this saying was hid from them, neither knew they the things which were spoken. And it came to pass that at he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant, and they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight, and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
O God, the protector of all that trust in thee, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that, thou being our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not our hold on things eternal. Grant this, O Heavenly Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, Give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord. And by thy great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Like many of you, I am a great fan of the King James Bible, which is the version from which our readings are taken at this service of choral evensong. However, the fact that the, the language of the King James is the English of 400 years ago can occasionally have some rather unexpected consequences because, of course, words can change their meanings quite significantly or acquire very different associations over time. In our New Testament reading this evening from St. Luke's Gospel, we heard a rather splendid example of this, which I can't help feeling is particularly appropriate to us here at St. Bride's, given that we are the journalists' church. Jesus is visiting Jericho. A local resident, the wealthy but diminutive tax collector Zacchaeus, who is determined to see Jesus, runs on ahead and shins up a sycamore tree. Why does he do this? Because, the King James Bible tells us, Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus, who he was and could not, because of the press. I have to admit that until reading this, I had absolutely no idea that the paparazzi were already proving such a challenge back in ancient Israel. But silliness apart, I loved the story of Zacchaeus. And incidentally, if you travel to Jericho today, you can see a very ancient sycamore tree, sometimes thought to be 2,000 years old, which the tour guides are very fond of telling you could have been the very one that he climbed though whether or not it was, we shall never know. So, what is so special about the story of Zacchaeus and what might it have to say to us today? The King James Bible tells us that Zacchaeus was a publican. Not a publican in the modern sense of the word, of course, but rather one of the so-called publicani of the Roman Empire, a tax collector. Tax collectors were reviled and despised by their fellow citizens because they were regarded as collaborators with the Roman occupiers and, worse still, more often than not, they were lining their own pockets and sometimes amassing great wealth at the expense of their fellow countrymen. And Zacchaeus, we are told, was chief among the publicans, so you can readily appreciate that Zacchaeus was both extremely wealthy and intensely disliked. The blind man whom Jesus encounters at the start of our reading, when he is first drawing close to Jericho, demands the personal attention of Jesus by crying out to him very directly, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. By contrast, Zacchaeus simply wants to see Jesus, but he is concerned that he won't be able to because of his own small stature. But note that his eagerness to see him causes him to run, to run ahead in order to climb the tree, knowing that Jesus was going to pass by that way. That does strike me as rather odd and undignified behavior for a very wealthy man. 
So it certainly testifies to his absolute determination to see the man whom the crowds had gathered to welcome. I have seen it suggested that in climbing the tree, perhaps Zacchaeus was hoping to see without being seen, that he was a man who wished to be a mere spectator rather than to engage with Jesus directly. But I have to say, I'm not at all convinced by that suggestion. Jesus reaches the tree, looks up, sees the man, and calls him by name. Zacchaeus. A curious motif running through several of the Gospels is Jesus's rather unnerving habit of identifying by name individuals whom he could not possibly have known or previously met. What that idea communicates, of course, is his astounding powers of perception, his ability to see into the hearts of total strangers and to know their struggles, their pain, and their inner darkness simply by meeting their eyes. And so it is when Jesus encounters Zacchaeus. And I can't help wondering whether, if that tax collector's desire to climb the tree did indeed include an element of wishing to conceal himself, that desire might have had more to do with his sense of shame than with any unwillingness on his part to commit. After all, Zacchaeus' eagerness to see Jesus, if only to glimpse him, is not in doubt. Indeed, I find myself reminded of the story of the woman with the issue of blood, also an outcast from society, albeit for very different reasons, who creeps up behind Jesus, trying to remain unseen, believing that if only she can touch the hem of his garment, she might be healed. Jesus looks up into the tree, sees Zacchaeus, and calls him by name. And far from judging him, or rebuking him, or rejecting him, as Zacchaeus would naturally have assumed he might, Jesus instead does the exact opposite, saying to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And Zacchaeus is beside himself with amazement, and comes straight down, and receives him joyfully in his home. And that moment of unconditional acceptance by Jesus is for Zacchaeus a moment of life-changing transformation, repentance, and restoration. He undertakes to make good the wrong he has done, to give half of his wealth to the poor, to repay fourfold to any man he has defrauded by false accusation. It is as if, by standing so close to the light of Christ, that the dark places in his own heart are exposed for what they are. I suspect that Zacchaeus already knows before Jesus even enters Jericho, that his own life and his own priorities are profoundly disordered. He knows that he is a man in need of healing and transformation. 
That is why he is so eager to see the one who is bringing healing and hope to broken, disordered and shattered lives, lives that are in darkness. And in the event, all that he needs to do is to respond to Jesus' call and to welcome in him into his home, his life and his heart. But of course, everyone else who is looking on as this incident unfolds does so with mounting disgust and contempt. What was Jesus thinking, being a guest in the house of a man as contemptible as Zacchaeus? What their outrage prevents them from seeing is the miracle that has just taken place within their very midst, a life transformed, a soul liberated, a sinner redeemed. If each one of us were to think our way into this story and find a role within it, awaiting the arrival of Jesus into Jericho, I wonder where we would be, who we would be, what we would be thinking. Would we be reluctant for him to see us, ashamed to reveal what we know we truly are? Would we be fearful of being rejected by him? Would we be desperate for his healing touch? Or would we be castigating Jesus for spending time with those of whom we thoroughly disapprove? I wonder. Amen.
Let us pray. Let us, by prayer and intercession, with thanksgiving, make our requests to God. Gracious God, we pray for peace, justice and reconciliation throughout the world. We pray for the honouring of human rights and for the relief of the oppressed. We give thanks for all that is gracious in the lives of men, women and children. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the renewal of the Church in faith, love and service. We pray for Sarah, our Bishop, and for the life of this parish and community. We give thanks for the gift of your word, the grace of the sacraments, and the fellowship of your people. We pray especially today for the Church of Pakistan, for Humphrey Peters, moderator and bishop of Peshawar. We pray also for the church in Linköping, Sweden, and for Bishop Martin. In our own diocese, we pray for the Kensington Deanery, for Mark O'Donoghue, area dean, for the Deanery Synod, for Howard Evans, lay chairman, and Adele Pye, secretary. And we pray for the work of Mary Coke, area schools and youth chaplain. Lord, in thy mercy, hear, hear our prayer. We pray for this local community and for all people in their daily life and work. We pray for the young and the elderly, for families and all who are alone. We give thanks for human skill and creativity and all that reveals your love for us. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are in need, for the sick, sorrowful and bereaved. We pray for all who bring comfort, care and healing. We give thanks for human love and friendship and for all that enriches our daily lives. We take a moment to call to mind all those who we know to be in need at this time we ask for your blessing upon them. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those departed this life, for the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Let us commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.